you considered the messages your outfits send? What do you think your clothes say about you? See, style is about the clothes, but it's not really about the clothes. Every day you make choices about what you're going to wear, but what are you communicating? Welcome to Above and Beyond Style. I'm your host, Maria DiLorenzo, and in 2019, I founded MFD Style, where I provide a unique, intuitive approach to personal styling for those ready to embrace a more meaningful look. With this podcast, I'll uncover key elements of where spirituality, psychology, and style intersect, revealing how you can make intentional wardrobe choices that reflect who you really are. So let me ask you, are you ready to transform into your authentic self? Then it's time. Come with me on this journey and together we'll take your style above and beyond style. Hey everybody, welcome back to Above and Beyond Style. This is season four where we're talking about the waves of change. And I'm so, so, so happy to welcome back my conversation partner and guest this season, Dr. Melissa Carrick. Missy, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. So, so great to be here. Love it. So good to have these conversations. I feel like we're getting in a little bit of a groove, which has been really fun. And if you haven't caught up on our previous episodes, this is a great time to go back and listen to some of those early stories that kind of set the tone and the stage for what we're talking about. And as you well know, we are kind of in the thick of some big changes in our lives. And part of this season is really to look at change from a lot of different perspectives and with some different ideas, one of which being about surfing and riding those waves. I have disclosed that I am not a surfer. I'm not somebody who has really learned kind of the how to ebb and flow, as you should say, with the waves. And so it's been really fun talking to you, Missy, because I feel like you're teaching me lots of new things about how to really look differently at waves and surfing. In fact, in a previous conversation, we were doing a little planning and prep for this episode. And we came to discover that perhaps we look at the oncoming wave a bit differently. Um, Why don't you tell me a little bit about when you think and see of an oncoming wave, what does that conjure up for you? Yes. So we were talking about these waves of change and the approach to it. When I think about waves coming, whether they're big or little, I think, oh, goody, waves. What kind of waves? Are they going to be big? Are they going to be small? What's the wind going to be like? Um, there's like an inner feeling of excitement for me where it's I can't wait to get out in that. And usually it's I can't wait to get out and play in that. Mm. So Maria and I had, we, we basically discovered that we have this whole different way of approaching what that wave means. Yeah, it was so revelatory to me because instantly, as you're talking about waves, like you lit up, you're, there's a little like glimmer in your eye about it. And I had to kind of catch myself and say, oh, <laughs> wait a second here. I, I think I might be looking at oncoming waves a bit differently. Um, and for me, I think I see them as the oncoming challenge or the perhaps not quite so positively as you might anticipate them. So it was a really interesting inflection point for the two of us because we all of a sudden realized like, wait a second, we are coming into and looking at the wave from the onset a little differently. And 
perhaps to no surprise, I this is probably a lesson for me that I need to learn how to see the oncoming wave with a bit more energy, enthusiasm, and excitement versus the like daunting, impending doom, you know, whatever the horrible idea is about like falling into the wave and getting totally, you know, overtaken by it. Right. It's like the stance or the attitude of bracing yeah. versus embracing. And I think we're yeah. both kind of looking at that. And really, it's about then learning the way of the surfer. How can you, as you've said in earlier episodes, how can you surf that yeah. wave of change? Whatever it is coming at you, because usually a wave of change, sometimes we elect into it. And sometimes it just comes to us and you're caught inside, as we've talked about a previous yeah surf language or it's a choppy wave or less than ideal but it really reminds me of the importance of the perspective like how you view it how you go into it um not that like attitude can rule everything but it it really has an important place in the story about how you see and view these things that are you know coming up and are part of the story and whether or not you view them as again this obstacle or this challenge that you may or may not be able to overcome and I really think that is partially why this metaphor kept coming up for me because it was like oh Maria you're gonna have to learn to ride these waves your whole life babe this is not something that like you can do a couple times and you're all set and you won't have to do that again but it's that perpetual like life is about riding the wave and this ebb and flow of up and down and you know, sometimes you catch it and sometimes you don't. And so how are you going to go into it feeling a bit more stable and sort of grounded within this context of constant change? So I, it definitely resonates for me when I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to learn how to ride these waves and I'm not great at that. So, so great. And if, if I can, if I can speak to that too, what's interesting in, in the glory and the glamour, uh, air quotes, glamour of being a surfer, there's also always opportunity to check in with one's own groundedness and go, oh, is this the way for me? And not only in an individual surf session of, um, I may have joked about this before, but a lot of my surf community knows that if they're surfing with me, they know when the big set is coming, the Mm -hmm. biggest waves or the, like the actual like waves that you really want to catch because I will often take either the first wave of the set and there's six more after that are usually better or there's a little teaser wave that kind of foreshadows the wave to come and I'll take that so it's learning what are the waves coming at you and choosing and practicing essentially the discipline of oh what waves for me knowing oneself so we were talking Mm. earlier in prep for this about different types of waves and for me knowing for example I was in Costa Rica in May and in May the waves were really big they were roughly 8 to 10 feet and the direction they were coming was straight on shore they were big these big big walls of water and having a similar reaction to you when you're thinking about waves even as a surfer of looking at them and going oh there's no channel meaning no direct way out um I could feel my heartbeat. I could feel my body stiffen. I knew the waves were big, and I approached it with a little bit of trepidation versus way differently than a wave that was maybe half that size, still super fun, perfect direction, or where there's a little channel that you can easily see, identify, paddle out in. So even as a surfer, it still is knowing oneself and being able to 
to exercise that choice and that wisdom and pay attention to the signs in your body. Mm. You know, I was uh, I was just surfing on Monday morning early. For those of you on the East Coast, we had Hurricane Lee coming our way. And in Hurricane Lee, the precursor of those waves were Monday morning. And going out, and the forecast is really, really great. And we go out at sunrise to try and catch that before we go to work. Go, okay, what's it going to be like? And we get there, and the waves are about maybe four feet or so, three to four feet. So that's actually still a pretty sizable wave, but it was coming directly on shore. So the waves basically are like this big wall of water breaking all at once, not really much opportunity to arrive. We paddled out and within probably about 20 minutes, we both said, meh, fog's starting to come in and these waves are not fun. In fact, they're crashing, detonating pretty dangerously, like an explosion. So you have to if you're going to ride one of them, you have to commit to, oh, I'm going to be detonated on this. And mm. both of us saying, you know, that's not really what we want to do. We'll pass on this one. We're going to paddle in and we're going to take a wave in and just go, all right, next up. Mm. And speaks to that like it's not for me. Yes. At least this time around. Yes. And I think that for all of us is the experience. There's always going to be more waves. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be more invitations via life. And the more that we know ourselves the more that we evolve and we go, okay, you know, not for me. Those eight to 10 foot waves, I could do them and I was there. I came all this way in Costa Rica. All right, I'm going to paddle out, but I'm going to be really selective about the waves I catch. Or Monday morning, uh, you know what? The weekend before I surf these glorious head high overhead waves. No problem. This is awesome. They were super fun. The timing was great versus, okay, this is over my head or this is like not for me and we can always exercise that choice and that comes with knowing ourselves so my 15 year old nephew as we spoke about totally surf crazed right now got into it and has caught the bug big time and always he stayed with us this summer and always saying can we go surfing let's go surfing let's go surfing it's time to go surfing hey we should just check it we got to go to the beach and check it we got to check and see what the waves look like and my husband and I going "Mm, Sam right now we're not going to check these waves. You know what? Look at the trees. The trees were a little bit inland. The trees are blowing. The leaves look like they're going to be blown off the trees. That's like a 20 to 25 mile an hour wind at the beach. We know through our hard won experience what the waves are going to look like. They're going to be blown out, choppy, blown down, unrideable basically. Not the time to say yes to that. So like anything else, and we were talking about this with style, it's like, well, continuing to build our own experience, know ourselves, check in with our bodies, check in with the conditions around us and go, ah, not for us. But what about the wave that you didn't see coming? Because, <laughs> I mean, there's one thing to go into this oh, whole gosh. experience where you're anticipating, you're looking for it, you're, yeah. you're, you're going forward knowing, like, waves are coming, right? And that, that's one kind of avenue mm-hmm. that we can go down. But I'm sure many people can resonate with the concept of like, oh, hell, I did, that wave came and washed over me and I had no oh. idea it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> so these are two different. <laughs> they are two different, two different things where you've put yourself in that position. Correct. You're down the path. You're in the water. Um, and that is a common phenomenon. We call it a rogue set where there's a random wave. You think you're out far enough in the lineup and then all of a sudden you look to the horizon or even worse, you're not looking at the horizon, but you see all of a sudden everybody start to scratch the surface of the water, paddling, clawing their way as fast as they can towards that wave. 
because they're trying to get up and over it rather than have it break on them. And inevitably, you're going to be caught and it's going to break on you. Um, it's interesting. A, a story comes to mind. Um, one particular time that happened, because it's happened to all of us, whether you're a surfer, literally, or in life, but um, we were surfing really big waves. I was ready to come in. I had to select my wave, and I um, paddled over to my husband and said, hey, I need to... I need to have a, uh, I need to find a wave in. I'm going to go in. There's not many people out. This is getting really sketchy. He said, okay, well, hey, come sit a little closer inside, you know. And I'm going, yeah, 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 come sit inside. No, I think where I am is fine. He said, no, no, trust me, come sit inside. So I come sit next to him in the water waiting for the wave to come. And there's this big wave all of a sudden on the horizon. And he looks at me and goes, uh, I think, and we both start to paddle, and with his man muscles, he makes it over the top of the wave, and the wave breaks literally on me and just boom, pummels me. You know, my board is attached to my foot, uh, or attached to my ankle by a leash, so it's kind of floating at the top, like, actually, we call it tombstoning, it's dancing on the surface of the water, totally upright, and I come up from the water and shake my fist and go, I trusted you, and then another wave breaks on me, and when that happens, the only thing you can do is surrender to, mm. okay, I'm going to hold my breath, or as Sublime says, the bad Sublime, right, I'm going to grab the reef, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold my breath, wait for it to pass, and know that it's going to pass, and then choose, like, all right, do I paddle further out so I can give myself a breather, or do I say, all right, I'm going to paddle in, I'm going to take a small wave in and just go in and regroup and reconnect to myself you know, control my breathing, go, okay, mm. like, how do I, how do I regroup and get back into my center point? Mm. And this is why this metaphor works on so many levels. And I'm really appreciative of your knowledge of how this kind of all works. Because, um, again, as we started the episode, I might see the wave, uh, I'm not really looking for the wave, let me say it that way. <laughs> I'm not looking for the wave. I'm not particularly Uh, seeking it out in a way that is going to, you know, I'm going to get jazzed about. And I think this is such an important part of how to learn to ride the wave, whether you're looking for it or not, that there's a a certain amount of stability and consistency that has to be within the center of it for you to ride. So I want to ask you this question. And maybe this is something we can kind of check in with each other about um, in the next upcoming episodes, etc. But I'm curious about In our lives right now, we're kind of in the thick of our own different choices and changes. You're back from your sabbatical. You're kind of back in working in your practice again. I'm still on the move in this kind of in-between space of figuring out my life and my lifestyle and my next location. And I'm curious if there's a real practical example that you could give over the last whatever, it could be however period of time, of a little wave that you had to navigate and a big wave that you had to navigate. And I'm not talking about the literal sense for Missy because she's, I'm not talking about surfing. I'm talking about things in life that perhaps you had to kind of learn to ride. So does anything come to mind on big or little or both? So this past week, definitely a big wave coming my way. And I could see it coming. And I also knew, oh, this is the wave for me. Mm. And it's not a positive, glorious wave. And there was some glory in it in choosing to actually go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to ride this because this is the wave that is coming directly to me. Um, 
where my practice is, I've been in the same location for 14 years and gorgeous, glorious building. And I have my landlord, an interesting situation with my landlord, um, who was in many ways very generous with a renovation several years ago. Um, there's been a few things that have been a little bit tense in terms of um, a few things that maybe I would have done a little differently if I were the landlord. Last we spoke, he said, despite us having been there for 14 years, he said, well, um, with all these changes, I had requested a year-long um, year renewal last year, and that will be up the end of this November. And so knowing that, I figured, all right, I'm going to take preemptive action. Now, this is not someone that I really enjoy communicating with. And I knew that he said, all right, I want a longer-term commitment. Next time, you're going to renew your lease. And knowing that I'm not ready to make that longer-term commitment. And the big way of coming to me was, you know what? I have to have this conversation in due time and in due notice. And if not, I can wait for that time to come and see what happens. But I'd much rather go, oh, I'm actually clear. And let me get clear on what it is. And so I requested a meeting with him and met with him. And again, someone who's very shrewd in business. And I wouldn't necessarily say the same thing. I tend to put all my cards on the table. So riding that big wave and choosing to go, okay, I'm doing this. I'm calling this meeting. I'm going to meet with him. And I'm going to state exactly what I'm looking for. And basically said, hey, I'm unprepared at this point in time, or I'm not prepared at this point in time to, to, to sign a longer term lease. My preference and my idea would be to go month to month. And it wasn't a discussion. It was just, hey, I'm clear on what I'm clear on. And communicating to him that, hey, I get if this doesn't make sense to you in your industry and that this is unconventional, but this is what I'm willing to do. So it was definitely a big wave of stepping up for that conversation, showing up with what is true for me, knowing that it's not necessarily what someone else wants and it's not even the standard of what's appropriate, what's acceptable in his industry or in his business. I'm sure lots of people can resonate with that concept of standing up for the something that you may need or want that may or may not be received well, that may or not mm -hmm. may or may not be in the best interests of the other person, but to still put that forth and say, let me just see what happens. Like, yes. I might be surprised. I might be. So I'm, how did it end up? Uh, it ended up great. There was some interesting, he mirrored back to me what I said, maybe with some tweaks mm. that um, I just chose to not react and kind of stand in the truth that I was offering. And then he asked if, you know, I could give him a forecast. And it's interesting. I said, no, I can't give you a forecast. I wish I could. But right now, I'm not sure. So it was big for me to say, I'm not sure, as well as to keep some of my cards close because this is about a choice I'm making for me and not something that someone who is very peripheral to my circle needs to know anything about. Um, so the ultimate drum roll suspense is that he, at least for now, he agreed uh, 90 day notice and month to month. So it's big. It is big. It is big. I want to see it in writing still, but it is big to have that. And that I also then said, okay, thanks very much. Well, that's really all I had to talk to you about. So I'm done here which was great to also end that meeting. So it felt really great to not only get the result, but more than anything, to just stand in that. And it's an interesting, I had some interesting thoughts on what it means to actually be vulnerable with what works for you and to ask for what works for me mm -hmm. and to ask for it and not demand it and ask in just a, 
here's here's the truth. Here's I'm standing here. As my godfather said, I'm standing here. I'm not fighting for it. I'm not, you know, stomping my foot. I'm just standing here. Mm. Again, such a great model for. I think anybody can be in that space of like, gosh, I just want to say what I really need and not feel almost to come to this neutral place about it. Um, that clarity and the opportunity to just put it out to someone and then let them manage whatever they need to manage with it. But there's such the right I'm imagining as you're telling the story is imagining you getting up on the wave here like, oh, I got to put this yep. out there. I have no idea how this is going to go. Uh, I don't know how it'll be received, but this is what I need. And kind of being at that top of the wave, being like, how long can I stay on this before it may crash and burn or, you know, whatever. So good for you. Thank you. Yeah, it felt great. And it's the drop. We call that the drop when you're dropping down the face of the wave. And it's sort of exhilarating, but, you know, sort of like, and you feel and you feel the momentum, which I think we all have felt when you speak something that is true for you. There's an energy and a momentum. And and when you take a little action that is true for you, so whether that is like put your feet up for a cup of tea, whether that's sharing something vulnerable with your partner, whether that's wearing something that is not, you know, not necessarily the standard or the norm, but you're wearing it because you like it, I can tell you about a little wave that I did. Tell me a little wave. The little wave is I obviously love summertime. And there is that whole rule about white pants after Labor Day. Now, I also lived in Texas, and they wear their whites year-round there. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, being back in my practice, I thought, you know, I have some older generation people who would definitely frown upon this. But you know what? Summer officially ends September 21st. It is also 90-some degrees here. And I also am rocking an awesome tan. So I'm going to wear my whites. I love them. I feel great in them. I'm wearing whites and sandals to work. And that's what I'm doing. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I did add the little fall piece of some snakeskin belt. but um, Perfect. I'm yeah. so proud of that, actually. I just wrote a blog post about it. <sighs> I think that's such a nice example. Uh, thank you for bringing style into that conversation because I think this is a nice way of actually also seeing when I'm working with clients and helping them sort of uncover and we're going to get to this whole like rediscover, remembering kind of who they are, that the riding that wave of change about like, well, wait a second, how do I want to dress? How do I want to show up? What is that kind of fullest authentic expression of me? And, and not being afraid of what lies on the other side of that question. And I think for a lot of people who I've worked with, they have oriented themselves, maybe manipulated themselves a little bit in a way to as we all want to belong or be accepted, maybe they're dressing that's appropriate for their neighborhood, their community, the you know the business practice, the industry they're in. There are all these sort of norms that have been created over time about how people get dressed. And sometimes that jives with you and sometimes it doesn't. And I think when we're able to sort of stand in the truth of, well, this is me. This is how I want to dress. This is where I want to show up. And however I get received is however I get received. At least at the end of the day, I can feel good about me standing in that, in those clothes, in this body at, at that space of kind of fullest expression of self that when I see that with the client, it's like, ding, <laughs> you know, all the, all the little magical things start to light up in my head about like, ah, this person's getting it. So cool. 
And and really what you're talking about, and this has been woven in of in terms of like finding home, finding your place. And that's finding your place literally, but finding your place and that home within yourself. Mm. And I think about um, Brene Brown talks about this in terms of uh, true belonging. Mm-hmm. And really it's belonging. And she, she has this quote that it's... Um, True belonging is the spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world. Mm. And with that, she actually talks about that in relation to a Maya Angelou, uh, I don't know if it's actually a poem or if it's just Maya Angelou's writing, but talking about really belonging to yourself. Mm. And it's mm. like, oh, that's really what we're searching for is like belonging to yourself or letting that piece of yourself speak and come out whether it's through how you're dressing yourself how you're expressing the world or having the difficult conversation taking doing the thing that is like oh for me from the heart space where it doesn't necessarily make logical sense or it's scary but just saying hey i'm I'm standing here hey i'm gonna i'm gonna speak this Mm. i'm gonna i'm gonna take the step Mm. so that's definitely my big wave if i had to identify a place that has been very active, <laughs> the wave that keeps coming up mm-hmm. as I'm physically in transition with my quote unquote home, my physical dwelling surroundings, etc. about this realization that home is not in my external environment. It's actually not in the four walls mm-hmm. and the living space and, you know, et cetera, all the things that we typically think about when we maybe conjure up an image for home that for me it's redefining what home means and that it's actually this internal state of and I would like to believe home maybe not for everyone but I would aspire that most people have a home where you feel safe you feel secure you feel stable there's a sense of peace there there's a sense of home in in a way that you feel secure and it's like your little protective you know, covering, right? It's to protect us from the outside elements. It's to give us shelter, like all these things that this external piece does for us. But I continually find in this process of literally giving up my home and now living in other people's homes as I'm kind of adventuring and doing a trial basis in different places, that I'm finding that home really isn't about that. It's about how I'm rediscovering myself and kind of reconnecting with that sense of home within me and not placing so much emphasis on how does home then get created or how does home look for me in this external space it's easy to point to that and say yes or no but in fact I'm actually finding that the harder work the bigger wave (laughs) is that I have to find that within myself and I'm telling you really candidly and honestly that is not an easy game for me I have found it very difficult and very um, uncomfortable to be in this place of all these external things are changing how do you then allow that stability that security that safety that protectiveness within yourself to show up wherever you are. So you create home wherever your spirit and body are. And I'm telling you that that has been like that wave feels like, okay, all right, universe. I, I guess we're going to have to figure that out. 
So interesting. And I appreciate your, your vulnerable sharing with that, especially because having worked with you, that is what you help people to do mm-hmm. is essentially find their home in getting dressed or find their home in, in their clothing of like, what's the earmark? What's the trademark? So I'd be curious to hear, um, I'd be curious to hear like, well, what's the, what's the palpable feeling or how do you know when you find it? And we talked about, um, the, the choices that come from the heart earlier today. So Mm. what's the, what's the, the, almost like the mechanism or the, the litmus test or the thing that is like, oh, this is the home within myself. Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I don't know that I have the answer yet, but I think what I'm starting to discover is that there is a sense of rest and ease Mm. that uh, I can conjure up within myself in spite of my surroundings. So if there is, it's kind of like you think about the whirling dervish, right? That mm. is just like swirling and twirling and like chaotic and a little all over the place around you. And yet you can re- re- like restore and retain mm. center in the midst of whatever that looks like. And so that's why this riding the waves of change thing really resonates for me. Cause I'm like, the ocean is a force, and it is big and strong and it can really create havoc, right? Where if it's not controlled or that Mother Nature is doing her thing, right? And so part of my challenge is to create that sense of <sighs> here within myself in spite of what's happening outside of me. And just to tell you a little bit about how my inner working is, I have not always been someone who can conjure that up quickly or easily for myself. Mm-hmm. I've often looked to my external mm-hmm. people, environment, etc., to create that for me so that I can feel that sense of peace and kind of ease. And I'm learning now, oh gosh, I can't be dependent on those things or people to do that for myself. So what does it feel like? It, it I guess for right now, it feels like, can you create that sense of, still I don't know if it's even stillness because it's close to that doesn't mean there's no activity it just for me it really feels about like the safety security stability and peace Mm. that my nervous system can sort of feel like okay we're good and that's an everyday challenge it's not something I do once and I'm the master of it it's not set it forget it and especially like the ocean the ocean is different not only every day, but depending on the tide, it could look totally different in the afternoon versus the morning. Um, hence, like life, whatever it's kind of throwing at you and yeah. as you're navigating. And asking myself that question, it's interesting. It is that sort of like inner groundedness, inner, inner um, centeredness. And I'm sort of probing myself, like what brings that mm. kind of that, as we say, like remembering back to myself and literally being someone who works with human physiology it's like the remember you're bringing one one's parts back to oneself um, to to wholeness and it's like well what makes me feel that what makes me feel wholeness and I can tell you for me it's a similar feeling that I get when I'm out surfing especially early in the morning I love surfing at sunrise and I think part of the one of the biggest reasons that I love it is because it really is about having a quiet, still moment where I can actually hear that small, still voice 
within or the voice within that is without, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, I can hear that because that is a harder, for me, it's a harder thing to cultivate mm-hmm. during the busyness of the day and being a caregiver and being of service and going about my day, just like it's much easier for me to go, you know, what what's going to make me feel great today when I'm getting dressed mm. if I'm not like flying out the door in five minutes or less? Yeah. But it is taking that moment mm. as part of what creates that home for me. I definitely want to keep probing that, that question. I, in fact, that's exactly how I pose it to my clients. Mm. Um, I ask them sometimes, you might have a very busy full life and maybe the time you have between, I don't know if you're a morning shower or a night shower, irrelevant, but when you're getting dressed, we all get dressed every day in some capacity, whatever clothes you're putting on your body, but you have a few minutes to kind of evaluate, what am I going to put on my body today? And I really challenge my clients, I'm not giving all the secrets here, because, you know, like I can't give away all the milk for free, but... The real challenge I always try to pose them is saying to themselves, like, what do I need today? I'm about to go into this day, however it may go. And is there anything I can put on my body that's going to help enable me to, one, be my best self and to take on whatever I got to take on today and perhaps empower me to get through whatever I got to get through? So That's why I always talk about, like, the wardrobe can be a tool for support. There's lots of tools out there. You do a lot of work within that space. But this tool, you can make a choice every day that can help you step into this within a, with a little bit more security, power, what, you know, confidence, whatever you need to kind of enable you to move through it. And in that one minute, 30 seconds, I don't know how long does it take you to pick something out in the morning. My goal is to make it quick and efficient. So if you're taking more than five minutes, call me. We should figure that out because I can really help you with that. But I think if you're standing there and you're asking yourself that question and you're allowing Mm -hmm. like, okay, I've got, let's use this example. I have a big meeting I got to go into and I'm going to be talking with XYZ, you know, clients, patients, stakeholders, fill in the blank. I got to show up and I got to do my thing. I got to share my message. So there's a sense of like, I got to step into some confidence and power today. Well, maybe I want to wear a, a strong color. Maybe today's the day to not show up in black, but in fact to wear a beautiful blue that's going to bring out your eyes or to give yourself that that little edge. I'm talking about the smallest little thing that can give you a bit more confidence to step in and do the hard thing you got to do today. So the clothing choice and the knowing what you need go hand in hand. And I think when I get to work with people to help them just ask the question, what do I need? And what rises out of that can give you all sorts of information to help you, whether you're making your wardrobe choice to the kind of food you fill in your body, to how you move your body, like how you interact with your partner. I mean, there's so many layers to how that question can get answered. But it is always about coming back to how do I need to remember what do I need, that part of me that's going to help inform what's going to happen next. I love your hand motions. I wish everyone could see it. I'm Italian. What you're doing yeah, is, uh, there's a lot of is bringing like bringing oneself back to center. And whatever's going to get that feeling 
going. So it's, it's interesting. I had forgotten that you asked that question of like, what do I need today? Um, which is such a great question across the board. Like, what does Maria need today? What do I, you know, what do I need today? Uh, I can tell you when I met with my landlord, I needed my white pants. And I wore my white pants and I had these awesome big white sunglasses with like little glitter on them, sort of glittery. Uh, actually, it's more of a, like a leopard print, white leopard print. <laughs> They're amazing. And I was like, yes, I am ready for this. I'm standing here. Um, it was a great, yeah, it was a great, a great moment. Um, and it's a good example because like the pants aren't going to do the talking for you, mm-mm. right? But they gave you a little like it's almost like a little edge on the competition yeah Yeah, like wearing red underwear underneath uh, which I was not doing underneath my white pants but wearing those those red underwear and you know and and I knew okay this is and really it's accessing that that part of me that is we could say the most beautiful part or the part of me that feels my own power and looking at how can we actually access our own power and what's interesting it's really about nurturing ourselves I read these things and I sort of start thinking about them. It gives me good, good pondering. Um, and I thought of you when I read this. It's uh, Coco Chanel. Oh, mm, my girl. I know. I didn't know that, really. Oh, who so, doesn't love a little I Chanel? I mean, who doesn't love a little Chanel? Um, so Coco Chanel said, beauty begins the moment you decide to be yourself. And that's that iconic. I was wearing my white pants. I was speaking my truth. I was deciding to be myself you were making the choice to go, okay, this may be unconventional. Mm. I'm deciding, I'm saying yes to myself. Mm -hmm. And anytime we do that, the beauty or the power or the strength like that comes out because we're coherent. Yeah. You know, just like a laser, just like a focused, you know, the beams of a flashlight that are so focused because they're coherent. Right. And again, it goes back to that concept of home for me too, about like, there's nothing in the external environment that's going to provide that. You have to, like, it's the inner work. It's the time that you take to really, like, know and understand yourself and interpret your own signs and what your body needs and to really speak that language because not everybody, it does take time. I'm going to be really clear about that. At least it has for me. It's not something that I've been able to really cultivate sort of mindlessly. It's been, it's taken conscious effort to really think and and probe in that about like, okay, well, if I'm conjuring home within myself, what feelings does home, what, what is home about for me? And, you know, getting really clear about those descriptors, as I've already said. And can my wardrobe, can my, the things that are like along for the ride with your life, right? Can those things also speak this language of whatever I'm conjuring up within myself. So maybe when you started this podcast, friends, you were like, how, how are we connecting style, change, waves? It feels like there's a lot of very interesting parts to the story. I hope you're starting to see this is all very connected in my mind and the ways that it's important for us to be on this journey of change, big or small, and to really think about how can I maneuver through of this in a way that's gonna be true to myself and actually maybe bring more of myself out into the world so that people get to engage with that version of you. And that's why style is so fun for me because it allows me to 
like it's this creative energy force, tangible thing, right? That you can be like, put this on, see how that makes you feel and go for it and tell me more about that, right? So there's always this like push pull in that space. I just love that of like how, what what comes to mind is the world needs mm-hmm. more of Maria and actually Maria, mm-hmm. capital M, capital A, capital R, capital I, capital A, more of the authentic Maria. And I know that word is often overused, but the authentic Maria, the world needs more Missy. Yeah. And bringing more of myself to Dr. Carrick. Yes. The world needs that. Yeah. Just like it needs each person. So I, when I start to think about the waves of change, it's like we're in the midst of big change and choices that not everyone may have the, the luxury or the, the ability to make. But the idea that where can we choose to embrace, to invite, to embrace the wave and to embrace whatever the bigger little wave is that's calling us to go, okay, I'm going to take the risk to like ride it, to have fun with it, to, to go, okay, have fun where I can with it, to be able to go, okay, how can I express myself here? How can I have a little bit more of me showing up in the world? Ooh, I feel like that's like our question of the week. You know, like if you could answer that for yourself this week about where are those big and little waves? How can I really bring more of myself to the table with this, with this story? How can it, it, it really draw out more of who I am? I think, I hope all of us on some level could answer that question uh, as, we're, as we're navigating the big and the little waves every day, every week, every hour sometimes, because depending on what you got going on and what your plate, you know, what's on your plate. So I want to pose that for our listeners this week. Is there something that as you're thinking about, we're going to come back to the big and the little waves, perhaps a few times over the course of these episodes, and share some of these really practical things that are happening in our lives. And help you maybe see where are the big and the little waves and how can we help give you some of those tools to navigate and move through them again I don't know that we have all the answers but I hope you're finding resonance in some of the story and finding at least a connection point with two people that are just trying to find and figure out their own stuff (laughs) and so Missy thanks for joining me for this conversation it's been really fun to kind of go back to the waves and remember for ourselves what we need to bring forth yeah thank you for having me so so awesome and so insightful to have nourishing conversation I am grateful for all of you listeners. Thank you for joining us for another episode and we look forward to catching up with you next time. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed what you've heard, I would appreciate you taking the time to leave a review on the podcasting platform you're using and share this episode with others who you think might really enjoy these conversations about personal style. For more information all about MFD Style services, you can find me on the web at mfdstyle.com, on Instagram at mfd underscore style, where I post almost five days a week, or send me an email at maria at mfdstyle.com. I also have a weekly email I send to subscribers, so I will include the link to that sign up in the show notes. So until next time, friends, Remember to love yourself and then love yourself some more.